When I was a kid, I grew up at Paina Church in Paina, Illinois, and you've heard me tell the story before. I'm beyond grateful for that church, the, the teaching, the preaching, the helping, the molding, the directing, the correcting, the pushing, the encouraging. So many had many had great, such great influence on me. I, I'm forever indebted. But with no disrespect and probably from admission from many who were there during my childhood years, it would not have been considered an exuberant church. For instance, the gifts of the Spirit were not talked about or utilized. Growing up, I, I really had no idea what they were or how they were to be used. Usually our worship set, we didn't call it then back then, but consisted of three songs from a hymn book. We didn't stand up during those songs, and we would usually clap on the chorus because on the verses you held the book because you didn't know the words that well. But the chorus was always memorized, so you'd put the book in your lap and you'd clap on the chorus. That's how we did that. Please don't read anything into this. I'm not judging or scolding. I'm sharing information. But I'll have to say there was always something in me that loved to worship. I love to go to camp meeting and watch people just freely dance and jump and shout and run. And I still love it. I was at General Conference Friday night and they had it so cranked and hot in there. I thought I'm going to sit real still or I'm slinging chairs. That's all the, the only two options I had. And I was up in the back in the bleachers and this poor lady, bless her heart, she was trying her best. She wanted to get to the level concrete. And I could hear her high heels coming down the clunk, and they were getting faster and faster. She got about third step from the concrete floor, and here she goes. And there it went. She finally got to the concrete and tore the back of the tabernacle up in that place. Been there, sister, been there. When the power of God starts moving, as I got my teen years, things started changing at the church. But back when I was a child, it was more a subdued church for the most part. That's one of the reasons I loved when we had a special revival services, especially when brother and sister Enoch Arnold would come. I don't remember one sermon he preached. I was young. I do remember their singing. He played the banjo and she played the guitar. They made an album that my parents owned, and I scoured the internet, and this is the best photo of it I, I could find, and yes, I'm that old. But as the title of the record states, they would sing that song, You've Gotta Move. Simple chorus. He'd be strumming that banjo, just tearing that thing up. And she'd be getting with it on the guitar, and he would sing, you've got to move. And she would come in with her alto voice, you've got to move. And he'd say, you've got to move. And she'd say, you've got to move. And then they'd harmonize, when the Lord gets ready, you've got to move, you've got to move, you've got to move. Not a lot of words in there. Probably not too hard to write. Every English major is cringing and songwriters are swooning. I know the chords. It'd been the one, four, and five. Dun, 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 dun. I could play this song. Probably in the key of G because 90% of the songs in the 80s were in the key of G. G for Jesus, and here we go. 
in one chord all the way through until they got the last part, and then you know how it goes, Brother Javi. Dun, 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 Every end of it, every song. The one, four, and five. Here we go. But those words, you've got to move. Not just for the sake of moving, not just taking action for the sake of doing something. I remember when we were kids at home and mom would be sick of us sitting around or fighting or being annoying, whatever we do, and she would just finally had it and she'd just yell, do something even if it's wrong. <laughs> she didn't mean ethically or morally. She meant just pick something up even if you put it in the wrong drawer. Do something, everybody. That's why all of us are pretty much workaholics. We say, <laughs> we're scared all the time. Just do something. That's not the sentiment of this song. Because it gives some explanation. When the Lord gets ready, move. You've got to move. Even if you have excuses, you've got to move because the Lord's moving. Even if it doesn't make sense, the Lord is moving. You've got to move. And there were times at that little church on Orange and Franklin Street, the Lord would start moving during that song as that banjo and guitar were begging for mercy. Then you see the elders start moving. Brother Cox would get out his white hanky and all he'd do was start waving it walking down the center aisle. Sister Cantrell starts stomping her feet so hard I knew her high heels were gonna go through the floorboards. And Sister Spard start winding up. Ooh, and then here she goes, her little steps in a circle, spinning like a top. And Sister Gwen, one of the most dignified, put-together ladies you have ever seen or known, would have her hands out, tears running down her face. And she'd start shaking and quaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. When the Lord gets ready, it's time to move when the Lord gets ready. John 4, 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We sing songs about the spirit of God, one in particular, Waymaker, by Michael W. Smith. You'll know this. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you, I worship you. You are here touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are heal, here healing every life. I worship you, I worship you. You are here turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you. Then the chorus, all the action words, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And then we'll get to the bridge. Even when I don't see it. Como shatadabos. You're working. Even when I can't feel it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Genesis 1-2. 
and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Numbers 24, 2, and Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon or moved upon him. First Samuel 10, 10, and when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit came upon Saul, moved upon him, and Saul prophesied among them. Second Chronicles 15, 1, and the Spirit of God came upon Azariah. Second Chronicles 24, 20, and the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest. Job 33, for the Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Ezekiel tells us in eleven twenty four. afterwards the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God unto Chaldea. Matthew three sixteen. Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So often throughout the Word of God, when you encounter God or the Spirit of God, it is doing something. It is moving or making. It is empowering or revealing. It is imparting or creating. God does not sit still. God moves. There is action to our God. And I need to remind you of some verses when it comes to looking through the lens of God in action. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There has to be some movement with our faith. Or it's not faith. He that cometh to God. The action of coming to God is a demonstration of faith. I'm going to read several scriptures that you know. James 2.17, start there. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead. Being alone. 18, yea, a man may say, you've got works. You, you have faith. I have works. Show me your faith without works. I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt you know, O vain man, that faith sitting there is nothing. Faith without works is dead. 21, was not Abraham our father? Was he not justified by works? How did he demonstrate his faith? He had offered, when he had offered his, uh, Isaac his son upon the altar. Seest thou how, fa how faith wrought he with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. He did something. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God. How do we know that? It was imputed unto him unto righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. We know that because he was willing to move when God moved. You see then how that by works a man is justified. Not by faith alone only. 
Another illustration, two more scriptures here. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot. How, what happened to her? She was justified by works. When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way, she had faith and believed what was getting ready to happen. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. For without faith, we read in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. So prove you have faith. How? By doing something. Can we talk to the patriarchs of the Old Testament? Hebrews 11, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed, he went out, he has no idea where he was going or what this was going to turn out to be, but he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of of the same promise. God spoke to Noah and warned him of what was going to come. Then God gave Noah a plan and Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do and that was faith. God spoke to Abraham and told him to leave. God did not give Abraham a plan. He just told Abraham to take off walking, and Abraham did as God commanded. Both heard the voice of God. Both had faith. How do I know this? They both did something. Galatians 3.26. For ye are are all the children of God... By faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I have come with a very strong word from the Lord this morning, and I don't use that lightly. It comes to some people, I don't know who you are. It's one word, and it simply is this, move. It is time to take action. It is time to do something. It is time to move. The Spirit of God is always moving, and if you are His child, you are going to take action and follow the leading of His Spirit. The sons of God, the children of God, are led by the Spirit of God. You need to stop trying to figure out every detail. Stop trying to plan for everything that could possibly go wrong. Stop waiting on another fleece before the Lord. The Bible very clearly states, we walk by faith and not by by sight. If you have everything figured out, it is not by faith then. And here comes all of our logical minds swooping in to sabotage our faith once again. But if God, if 
God has given you a plan like he did Noah, then you need to be working on that plan. You need to move. But if you are like Abraham and God has told you to just take off walking, are you his child? Do you trust him? Don't you say faith? Uh, you have faith and you won't follow God. Faith without works is dead. If you have faith, then somebody move when God has asked you to move. Because once you start moving, God will start working. Faith is doing something. Joshua now leading the children of Israel. And it was time to leave the wilderness and go possess the promised land. They could see it. They had a plan. God had given them a plan. But they had to move. They had to take action. Joshua 3 begins like this in verse 14. And it came to pass, Joshua told them all the plan. When the people got out of their tents, they were ready to pass over Jordan. The priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people. 15. And as they that bear the Ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Pause. Parenthetical phrase in the Word of God. For Jordan overflows all his banks all the time of the harvest. Everybody was marching right towards the river. That was outside of its normal banks. It was everywhere. There was water everywhere. And the priests bearing the ark were marching right into the river. It was right in front of them. Heading right for it. And everybody following them. All the people in line, 50 feet away, nothing had changed, still marching, 30 feet away, water still flowing, 10 feet away, the sound of rushing water was still in their ears, 5 feet away, still marching <laughs> towards water. One foot away, everything looked and acted exactly how it did when they were 50 feet away or 500 feet away or two weeks ago. They were still marching. The priests in the front have now swung their leg in a normal marching pattern. The bottom of their feet was one inch away from the water. And everything looked the same. But when the brim of their foot touched that water, water stacked up, water went through, and everybody marched through on dry ground. Ladies and gentlemen, get your foot in the river what God has told you to do because he's ready to do something but he can't until you put your foot in the river. <laughs> the miracle did not happen 
until they moved, until they did what God had directed them to do. The walls of Jericho did not fall flat until they marched. It didn't make sense. It was a ridiculous plan. Carnally, it was an ignorant plan, but they just kept marching. But when they did everything God had told them to do, that's when the miracle came and the walls fell down flat. When they took action, that's faith. The miracle took place. First John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want to overcome evil? Do you want to be victorious? John says, take a step of faith. In other words, you've gotta move. You've gotta take some action. Romans 8. I wanted to read the whole thing, but I'm going to skip through this. Production's already mad enough. I got so many scriptures in there, but here we go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk, they take action. Who walk not after the flesh, but they walk after the Spirit. Verse 5 For they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. They're all concerned that everything is prim and proper and planned and makes perfect sense. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. They just keep following the leading of the Spirit. Verse 11. But if the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that's the sons of God. 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Way down to 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is what happens when you are led by the Spirit. You are a child of God. You are joint heir with Christ. There is no condemnation. You are more than a conqueror. God is on your side and nothing can be against you. Nothing can separate you from Him. And you are His child when you are led by Him. When you take action and you move and you follow Him. Have you ever played the game when you were a child? Follow the leader. 
Rules are pretty simple. There's a leader, and you follow them. Mic drop. Unbelievable. No wonder you hired me. Just unbelievable stuff here. Thus the name of the game. As simple as it is, there can be some problems. Not a lot can go wrong, but there are still ways for the game really not to work or for someone to eat. For instance, maybe there's no leader. That would hamper being able to play the little game. Or perhaps no one wants to follow. <laughs> well, again, follow the leader it has the instructions built right into the, to the, to the name of the game. You have to have a leader, and you have to have someone to follow. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you truly belong to Jesus... You hear him and you follow him. You take action. You move. But as we follow Jesus, musicians, won't you come? But as we follow Jesus, I found some verses that say some things will follow us. For instance, Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labor and their works to follow them. That song or that saying, only what you do for Christ will last. It's true. Those works will follow you into eternity. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. As you follow Jesus, the works you do follow you into eternity. Another is Psalm 23, 6. Surely, goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy shall follow you if the Lord is your shepherd. You follow him. Goodness and mercy will follow you. But this is the one I want to get to that really excites me. Mark 16. And these signs, oh, shall follow them that believe, shall follow them that have faith, shall follow them that take action, shall follow them that move in the Spirit. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And they went forth. They took action. They started doing something. And when they started moving, God started working. When they started moving, something started happening. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing is going to happen. Nothing can follow you until somebody starts moving. You've got to move somebody.